I risked my life to better our situation. For people to not appreciate that or to feel like I'm a patriot and they never put the uniform on, I don't. Need, I can't even have the conversation with them. I, I literally can't. And and what's Yo, what's good? It's your boy, Southbridge706, Breezes on Twitter. This is KTSD Ave, formerly the Committee Podcast. Appreciate y'all listening. Definitely rate on SoundCloud, drop a review on Apple Podcasts. And we got our, uh, one of our regular hosts, Marcus Niffles. And we have our returning host, the Twitter guy, Mr. Lexus. What's good, y'all? We out here trying to survive these fireworks. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Uh, keeping on, keeping on. Man. Everyday struggle. That that is correct. And, and the everyday struggle I'm seeing on the internet right now is you, you people, you people that are actually taking the thought of Kanye West running for president's president with any type of seriousness. What what I don't I, what I don't understand why that is like a, a threat to people, right? Because I thought first of all Kanye West was canceled multiple times. Second of all, like him saying he's going to be president probably holds as much weight as me saying I'm going to run for president, right? Like you, you just can't jump up. Like there's actually rules and laws. Like in Texas, uh, you have to have like 38 electoral college votes or that. You have your paperwork submitted by like July 15th. There's, there's all kinds of things going to this. But my, my issue is like it, it's crazy that all these people are so gullible and so distracted by such nonsense and again i i enjoy kanye west's music but i said multiple times on twitter and this podcast if it has nothing to do with music or like fashion or shoes coming from kanye pay him no attention i don't i don't care what his political views are the dude clearly has man he's a great producer great rapper but outside of that like i'll go to the mcdonald's guy for a place you know what i'm saying like you shouldn't take your your advice from kanye west so and shout out to Mr. Lexus, got the shirt, resist, organize. Get out there and vote, man. If you think that your friends are dumb enough and gullible enough to let a rap influence the election, which, again, he's into, like, people were scared of writing ballots, like the Harambe thing, which is, like, kind of disinformation because he really didn't get as many votes as people thought. Like, the margins aren't that thin where the threat or the thought of Kanye West running for president is going to sway the election. Like, people are like, oh, he's going to split the votes from Joe Biden. Like, do you hear yourself? Are you are you really are you really serious? Your brain, use your computer. A quick Google search will tell you this is all nonsense. He's not even registered to even run. So what are y'all's quick takes on that before we get into the, the main topics? Quick take. Um <clears throat> I'm a political scientist by degree. I double minored in African American studies and women's studies. You know, places I wasn't real strong with my knowledge, so I, I, I got them hyped up. So, Kanye is an interesting character, and he does a lot of stuff for attention. I think he subconsciously does a lot of stuff for attention, and I don't really pay him no mind. Like, for real, for real, when I heard about the Kardashian Kanye thing, I thought that was a joke. I also thought Trump running for president was a joke too, but America really didn't. So there's that. I would just, uh, honestly, I don't care who you vote for. Get down there and strike somebody's name. Doesn't matter to me. But 
make your voice heard. Be a part of the process. Uh, that's how things happen. Kanye is a non-factor, and anybody who paid that attention doesn't really, uh, probably doesn't have a, a vested interest in politics. Mm. They should stay out. Yeah, I, I, Kanye doesn't move the needle when it comes to to that area. Like he's nobody. Nobody should care. And nobody, no, I don't think anybody actually does care for real, for real. Like, it's one thing to get on Twitter and talk about, oh, you know, Kanye's talking about running for president. Like, that stuff doesn't mean anything come election day. You know what I'm saying? Like, he moves the needle when he's talking about, like, fashion and shoes and music. But outside of that, he just be talking. Like, we know this about Kanye. That nigga just be talking. Yeah, and, and people continuously invoke his name for retweets and attention. Like, oh my God, don't waste a vote on Kanye West, guys. This is serious. Like, I mean, if you thought Kanye West is gonna sway these people, like they they weren't about that life anyway. Like, if yeah. you think Kanye is gonna be the one to keep them from voting, like, all right. Somebody tweeted me like, oh yeah, all the fans of keeping up the Kardashian are gonna ruin the election, and I was like. Do you honestly think the fans of Keeping Up with the Kardashians are actually registered to vote? I and to me, they and they might be, they might be, but just something about that type of consumption, which again, everybody watches their trash TV shows. But I, I just have a feeling if I were to poll the people that watch that show, I would probably guess that 80% of them have never registered to vote. But I'm open to being wrong. But anywho, the reason we're here is that we recently just celebrated, or some of us celebrate, the 4th of July, uh, Independence Day. Uh, as Marcus said, there's been a lot of fireworks going off. If you ask some people, these fireworks have been going off for quite some time, weeks, maybe months in some places. But what I want to do on this episode, something a little different, is uh, have some uh, actual veterans on the podcast. I did pitch out to get a, a white veteran, a non-white MAGA veteran on the podcast, but I, I didn't get any responses. But if you do know any white military folks who want to jump on, definitely uh, tell them to hit me up. I would love to get their perspective. But uh, we have uh, Marcus Sniffles and Mr. Alexius. I just want to get their perspectives on a lot of the hot button issues going on with uh, patriotism and racism and tie that into the whole Vanessa Gillian situation. Uh, out at Fort Hood, Texas, but we'll, we'll start with the guest, uh, Mr. Alexius. Um, so if you don't mind, what where what branch you serve, about how long did you serve, and why did you decide to stop serving? Um, Army. Well, I did from 2007 until about 2015 on active duty. Um, I did from 2015 to 2011 in the reserves. <clears throat> uh, in that time, I had two tours to Iraq, a year in Guantanamo Bay. Uh, I got out because I went from a combat unit where people got things done to the uh, CID command unit. So CID is a criminal investigation division. Uh, of the army, it's like that. It's like the feds of the army. So there's military police, and then there's a criminal investigation division who oversee the military police, and they investigate all federal crimes on base. <clears throat> yeah, all federal crimes on base or that involve soldiers. So what's that show? Uh, like NCIS. Yeah. Okay. So it's, so it's like NCIS before the army. Um. The reason I got out is because 
like you would have guessed, CID is mainly made up of mostly uh, Caucasian males and Caucasian females. So the military has a quota standard for ethnicity in all of their groups. So the entire support team were non-police just support guys, but they were all minorities. So all of us are minorities and little things started happening and it just wasn't fair. And I would bring stuff up and I'd be like, yo, what is, what is going on here? And I felt like I was singled out. Um, I got demoted within three months of getting to the unit. Was it three? It was three within three months of getting to the unit. I got demoted, which is wild because I had never, I'd never been in trouble with the military before. And I was at like, I said like six or seven years at that point. So um, when I got demoted over some BS in the first place, uh, I was like, you know what? I'm done. So they had to cut me a 20 something thousand dollar check. And I took my GI Bill and got my degree. And then I was in the reserves and got a little bit of money from that. So it didn't, it didn't, it didn't really make any difference to me, but I just noticed that there was the good old boys club that they were talking about. And if a minority did something wrong, they threw the book at them. But if a non-minority did something wrong, it was a slap on the wrist. And I saw it happen four or five times. After the second time I got in trouble, I was like, I'm not playing with y'all no more. I'm done. Like my wife at the time, who's now my ex-wife, my son's mom, uh, she had, she was finishing up her master's around the time I was scheduled to get out. So I was like, yeah, I'm not playing with y'all. Bye. Okay. So it definitely seems like you had some of those experiences, uh, potentially racial experiences in the military, which is crazy because if you ask a lot of people, common people, they would look in the military. It's just this, this brotherhood, this organization where, you know, we don't see color. We just see the color of our uniform and we're just one unit. But apparently that's not always the case. A lot of times it is. But I had never seen the law enforcement side of the military ever. And when I did, that's what I saw. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, Marcus, what, what are your experiences? What, what are your takes? Uh, yeah. So I was in the Air Force for four and a half years Uh I guess the reason why I got out is I I was stationed in, well, I was in four different places in four years. So it's just like, I kind of got tired of moving around. I just wanted to kind of just be in one place. And I mean, the only reason I joined the military was so I didn't have to pay for school. So like once I got my associates, I was like, you know what, I think I'm good. I think I'm a, I think I got everything I need out of here. So uh, as far as like, uh, any type of racism. When I first got in, when I was in boot camp, I was one of the the younger guys that was in the in the unit, and I was put in like a, a leadership position. There was like you know four squad leaders, and they kind of you know they make you you know make sure everybody in your squad was up to up to par, or whatever. And uh, being one of the younger ones and being black, it was almost like the older. I only had problems with the older white guys, like the guys that were older and white. I tend to have to talk to them more than one time. 
I felt like they were always challenging the things that I said when I was just like, I was literally just repeating what, what our instructor said. Like I wasn't making up my own ways. I wasn't making up my own rules. I wasn't just doing stuff just to do it. The, the sergeant in charge would tell me like, hey, tell your squad to do this, this, and this. I'd go to the squad. Hey guys, we got to do this, this, and this. And all of a sudden I'm getting back talk. All of a sudden I'm getting flack. And it's like, hey man, like what's going on here? You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, it, it almost, we almost, almost ended up getting into a fight in the, in the bathroom, which was ridiculous, but it, it was, it's just one of those things where they, they see you and then they just automatically feel the need to question your authority and not anybody else's. And I, I think it was a mixture of me being, you know, like 21 and being black. So that, that's what I had to deal with. Huh. Yeah, it sounds like stuff that, uh, that you shouldn't have to deal with when you're with your, you know, your your, your blood brothers or your brothers in arms, <laughs> brothers in arms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. That, that seems like that kind of stuff shouldn't happen. Seems like it should it, be a more professional organization, right? What's crazy is that your leaders usually are very professional, and if they're going to get you, it's going to be something you did. It's 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 not going to be something that they're making up, but they're going to treat you different then they treat other people. Now, if we take this institution that is designed to be fair and impartial, and then we look at things like our justice system, which does the exact same thing. If you have a black or brown body, you can usually get, or excuse me, you will get more punishment than your white counterparts, even for doing the same thing. It's just how our system is. They allow that <clears throat> they allow that personal, uh, they allow the person in charge, the personal discretion to uh, apply the punishment. And because of that, there's already an internal bias against those who are black and brown and they punish them harsher. Yeah, that's, uh, I think I've read stories on the internet where there's been like, like documented studies that show the numbers for black and brown people with punishment across military branches is clearly there is disproportionate. It's, it's not how it should be. It's like absolutely. Oh, so I'm sorry to cut you off, but it's absolutely disproportionate, just like it is in our public schools. Yeah. Or even in our, in the civilian police world, like we have black people or what 13% of the population, but we fill up the prisons. Like how does that, just the numbers don't make any sense on that. So you can already see disparities with that. Well, but, I'm sorry. I love this subject. Sorry. <laughs> um, the reason for that, just like everything trickles down. So our neighborhoods are over-policed. And because of that, our our uh, criminals are, 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 are caught more. So all demographics of nationalities in this country do drugs at the same rate. But we're nine times more likely to go to prison for it. So... Our, our neighborhoods are over-policed. We're in jail more. So then it becomes the stereotype. These are criminals. So then that trickles down to every other part of society. So that's why our schools, um, black and brown kids are, are suspended more. That's why in the military, they're, they're uh, disciplined more. Even in the regular workforce, they're fired first. It's just the perpetuated stereotypes that society has actually placed on itself and it's self-serving and self-feeding, and it just keeps growing. Yeah, and it's unfortunate that, that it's like that. 
But with all that being said, as the 4th of July has passed, as a veteran, with all these things being known, what what are your thoughts on patriotism? Like, how, how do you feel patriotism works, I guess, for y'all as Black people specifically, just because that's that's what you are, that's how you experience it, and that's how you see it. How was how that experience for you, and, like, what, what are your takes on that? Like, are you... I know we spoke earlier, I know you said that you, you know, you get a little dressed up for 4th of July, but, like, what does it make you feel? Does it make you, do you feel patriotic as an African-American in this country? <sighs> Fam, I am fourth generation military. Uh, my mom served for 26 years. My stepdad did like 38 years, some ridiculous amount of number. Uh, my grandpa served in World War II. So like without the benefits of the military, I'm not sure if my family is in the place that it is now. Um, so I have a deep respect for the military. I have some patriotism, but it's always, it always has its grain of salt. So I'm not gonna, yeah, America all the time and be like, Hey America, thanks. But, uh, y'all can fix this or that, or look at this police brutality or, look at this uh, in disparity in, in crime in neighborhoods or look at the monetary inequality that was started from your practices of redlining and all of this. So my patriotism is real, but it also has some concerns. Uh, um, uh, as far as patriotism goes, uh, I'm kind of in the same boat as far as like, coming from a military family like my my dad was in the military both my grandparents or both my grandpas were in the military uh both my uncles my aunt myself um i would not consider myself like patriotic like i've never had like an american flag in my house or outside my house or anything like that i've never uh sang the star spangled banner or the national anthem or the pledge of allegiance outside of school you know, like uh, as far as even like for the 4th of July, like we've grown up and we've barbecued, but but it's never been like explicitly said, like we're doing this to celebrate America. It was always, oh, it's summertime. It's Saturday. Let's fire up the grill. You know, let's go to the pool. Like it's never been about some celebrate American and whatever it's done. And I guess when it comes to patriotism, like when I when I hear patriotism, it just it's it's only patriotism if it looks a certain way. You know what I'm saying? Like what what Colin Kaepernick did is not patriotism, according to some people. But those same people, those people that they they're like Drew Brees, like what Drew Brees is saying, where he's like, Oh, well, my grandfather fought for this country, so you know, you guys should stand up for the national anthem. But what he doesn't see is the other side where you know black men that fought in Vietnam that didn't get the same amount of treatment when they got out of the war. Like when they come home and they still gotta, you know, go through the back door or they gotta drink out of a water fountain or they gotta sit in the back of the bus. You know what I'm saying? Like, where was the patriotism back then? They, they didn't experience that same patriotism. So it's like, if you look a certain way and if you do a certain thing, then it's considered patriotism. But if you look another way, then it's like, well, you don't love this country. I mean, it's, it's one thing to, to love the country, but the idea of like, well, if you don't like this country, you should leave. And it's like, this country ain't perfect. Like, I feel like at this point, we have the right to be like, hey, 
can we work on some of this stuff? Can we fix some things before you just tell us to leave? Like, that's the only option? I'm, I'm going to caveat off of that because I I love that statement. So, if you don't like it, you can leave, really. Um, nobody said that when the British were throwing tea. Nobody said that when uh, we were trying to expand and go west. No, we adjusted and got better. Nobody tells that to women during the women's suffrages or during the 70s that they started getting their rights. Nobody said that. They're like, hey, well, let's work on it and get better. But if it's us, it's, oh, you don't like it, you can go somewhere else. <clears throat> I think that's just yeah. lazy. It's, it's, it's it lazy. Is. It's like, you know, it's like if, you're, if your uncle, he's doing great, but he's an alcoholic. There's no, there's no shame in being like, "Hey, man, you need to get that under, under control." Like America has, America has a lot of great things about it. But if we're gonna sit here and act like everything about America is perfect, then you're just living in your own little bubble that you just don't pay attention to anything outside of your own little world. Yeah, it's almost gets to the point where where people are like, "Hey, man, if you don't like it, leave." I'm like. Bet man, give me about give me some money. I will leave because this shit is ridiculous. Like it's just it's a joke at this point, and it's crazy if the assumption is like that we're from somewhere else. It's like, bruh, I'm from the same place you're from, dog. Like, where you want me to go back to Georgia? Like, I'm not from like my people aren't from like Africa or something like that. Even though it's funny they'll tell us to leave, but and not to generalize, white people are quick to claim some. Oh, I'm Nordic. I'm a Viking. I'm from Ireland. I'm German. Like, okay. You, well, then you leave. Then. Go back to Germany or Iceland or Viking land or wherever you're from. Like, it's it's crazy how they try to you know use that on us. But the the thing that I took from both of you guys' statements is that you guys are you are patriotic or you believe in patriotism, but you you are your patriotism is rooted in reality. Like, it's not this blind, everything is great, you know, support the troops type of patriotism. It's like, hey, we do appreciate what this country has done for us, just like everybody else should, but it's not perfect. Like, it's crazy that the, the slogan is, quote unquote, make America great again for 45, which is implying that it's not great now. So if it's not great, if you don't like it, then leave. Like, how does that still not apply? Like, it doesn't make any sense. But real quick, one of my followers on Twitter, he's also a, he's a Navy vet uh, at El Breezy 904. He's sending his thoughts on patriotism. He served in the Navy for about, I think, about 10 years. So his thoughts on patriotism. He said, when it comes to patriotism, I feel like some people use it as an excuse to be racist. They hide behind it. For example, those that claim to be patriotic are except when folks kneeling during the national anthem, saying they're disrespecting the flag and the vets, especially the ones who lost their lives in combat. But in the same instance, call those so-called patriotic individuals, see no issue with flying the Confederate flag, a flag that represents treason because it was brought into existence when the South broke away from the Union, and it goes against what America supposedly stands for. Those so-called patriots rather be upset with people protesting police brutality and social injustice rather than be upset with people uh, protesting against uh, blacks and people of color that are okay with flying the flag that goes against being patriotic. It also goes against the country that says they love it so much. So essentially saying like, hey, man, you got to keep that same energy. The patriotism has to be across the board. It can't be patriotism when you pick and choose it because everybody's patriotism doesn't look the same and it doesn't mean it's wrong. So shout uh, out to him for that input. That was actually a pretty good or a very, a very good way of putting it. It's definitely 
rooted in hypocrisy and the way our politics are going, the uh, populist politics, the polarizing politics, it's just they need something to latch on to that separates one group from another. And however they use that or however it comes, they're willing to take it. And sometimes it happens to be how we deal with the flag or I'm a patriot. And what's hilarious is when people jump on me like, well, I'm a patriot. I'm like, well, I got two tours. What, what did you do for the country? Uh, shoot, fire, shoot fireworks off. That's what they did. They shot off fireworks. That, got that's, the, that's, the, that's the crazy thing is like people will like question your patriotism that never served at all didn't serve a day in their life but they want to tell you how you're supposed to be patriotic how you're supposed to feel about the country like what did you do bro like i missed four christmases with my like i'm i mean i'm it's it is what it is but like i've missed multiple christmases with my family i've missed multiple birthdays with my family i've missed major events with my family because i was either overseas or in a different state like what did like? What did you do? What did you do for this country you love so much, man? And and not only that, uh, soldiers aren't big baller paid. They're like barely above the poverty line, just depending on how many people you're taking care of. So, like, it's that's another sacrifice that you're actually taking is to be paid like that for benefits that you may or may not be able to use. Whether you survive, <laughs> I I tell my son all the time, I like, I risked my life to better our situation. So it for people to not appreciate that or to feel like I'm a patriot and they never put the uniform on, I don't need, I can't even have the conversation with them. I, I literally can't. And and what's what's wild is that the military targets low income areas. The military has a a a giant minority minority workforce. Like that's that's us. Those people who are out there marching and hey, we want we want uh we want everything to be equal. That's us. What's crazy is that the protest that happened in New York, <clears throat> a protest hadn't been that large since nineteen. 65, or was it 65? No, it was 45. 1945, a World War II veteran, it came back and was killed by the police. That was the last time they had a march that big in New York City. And that was from the George, uh, the George, the the recent one in, in Minnesota. And things still haven't changed. It's been 80 years. Yep. It, it doesn't doesn't make any sense. Does not make any sense at all. But it, it's it's interesting. That's another point I want to briefly bring up that you brought up that you decide to serve to kind of better your family situation. So you said you have a stepson or you have some kids. What are your thoughts on if they want to actually serve as well? Like, would you encourage it, discourage it? Like, what would you say to them? All I would tell them is to have a plan, have an entry plan. Have an exit plan. What you want to get from it while you're in. Because the military can chew you up and spit you out. Or you can use it for all the benefits that it has and come back, come out better on the other side. Have an entry plan. Have an exit plan. That's, that's really all I would let them know. Yeah, that's 
that's essentially the the best answer you can give them honestly like tell them the truth tell them the good and the bad but but like you said like don't just join the military just because you didn't get a scholarship somewhere or you didn't uh you don't know what college you want to go to like have a reason like if you have a reason why you want to do it then do it for that reason but don't just blindly just like oh i'm going to just join the military and then see what happens like it that's as if you're my kid, like my kids, I'm not going to just be like, oh, yeah, this is fine. No, nah, man, we need to have a conversation. We need to figure out exactly what it is that you want to do and why you want to do this. And if we can either work around this or, you know, move forward. But it's not just going to be, oh, just on some whim, like, oh, I'm going to just go to a, you know, a, a Marine recruiter and sign up for six years and I'm leaving tomorrow. It ain't going to be that. It ain't going to be no surprise. I'm leaving tomorrow. No, 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 no. Yeah. And and the sad thing is uh, a lot of people have been surprised at the, the whole Fort Hood situation that's been going on. Vanessa Guillon, who apparently her, her remains have been found at uh, Fort Hood. So, of course, I'm sure you've all heard the story. But if you haven't heard it, um, there was a young army soldier named Vanessa Guillon, who I believe was 19 years old, who disappeared on the base, which a lot of people find pretty shocking, as you would think a base is somewhere that's pretty secure, right? I don't think anybody can just go in and out as they please. You'd assume there's security or cameras or things of that nature, but this young woman happened to disappear. Now, before that, she had made some, uh, spoke to her mom about a couple of the, I guess the sergeants harassing her. Um, I guess there was a story that she was taking a shower and one of the guys walked in and sat in there and watched her, some crazy shit like that. like. But Michael was saying, you want to give them the good and the bad, but nobody sends their kid or nobody expects their kid to join the military to serve their country. They have to deal with that shit. You know what I'm saying? It's supposed to be your extended family. But in this situation, it's looking like her extended family did not take care of her at all. As it looks as if she's been murdered, dismembered, and then it, there could be some sort of cover up going on. So. And being that you guys are veterans, you guys have more, I guess, inside knowledge on in how the military works. A lot of the stuff I'm hearing is they feel like that people might be covering up for the situation. And a lot of people are confused on how this could happen, why it would happen, and how there is not more, I guess, people aren't, people aren't really pressed to find her, right? Because my opinion is if she was a blonde-haired, blue-eyed white woman, that this would have been a national story the day she disappeared, right? Like, and we see it all the time. I've seen different stories where, hey, this jogger goes missing, but then this blonde white white woman goes missing and it's a national story or it's a national tragedy. Somebody serving their country disappears on base should be leading every network, regardless of skin color. Like that's that is absurd the thought. Like if you're if your child disappeared at daycare, right? You want answers. Like apparently the mom went to come onto the base to try to find her kid and they wouldn't let her do it. And I guess there's probably some security measures for that, but you have to give me a better answer. Like yeah, we should be communicating continuously on, hey, where is my child? Y'all are responsible for her. Where is she at? Like I saw somebody post an interesting meme saying that if she was a rifle or a grenade or a vehicle that disappeared, nobody would have went home until she was found. But apparently a human life is not worth more than a piece of equipment. So, I mean, what do you guys think about this? Happened? This this didn't happen recently, right? It's been she's been missing for a while, right? She's been she's been missing for a couple months. 
Yeah, I mean, we there was more coverage about if kneeling for the anthem was disrespectful to the to the troops than this has gotten, which is unfortunate. Like that, and that just goes to show you how much how patriotic people actually are. Like, don't actually care about the troops; just care about the idea. We like we care about the idea of patriotism and what it means more than what it actually is. Like the actual people, we don't care about them. And, and it shows what the coverage that this that this young lady has got, or the lack of coverage this young lady has received. Like she was gone for months, and she was she disappeared in April. And she's in, and she's in, in the military. Like you, like if you leave, if you're gone from your regular ass job for that long and without checking in, people are gonna start asking questions. Like she's in the military, and she was just gone, and no one was looking. Like no one said any. Like come on, guys. Like. This is it's 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 embarrassing that we that you send your your kids off into the military and then they just go missing for however long and it's not a story. Nobody cares. But we spend four years debating on if kneeling for the anthem is disrespectful to the troops. Like, get out of here. Like, get out of here. I. I'm, I'm torn as as someone who has led troops uh, both at home and in a combat zone. Yes. Your number one priority is the wellness of the people below you and to make sure that they're taken care of and that they're getting the mission accomplished. So soldiers go AWOL every day, B. Every day, every day, soldiers go AWOL and it happens. They might not like their situation. They may not like what's going on. And instead of addressing it through the correct channels, they decide, you know what? I'm out of here. Now, I've read the articles on exactly what they think happened. The confession from the young lady uh, who was the girlfriend who actually helped. So you're right. He looked at her in the shower, is what they think, allegedly. He looked at her in the shower, sat down there like a pervert and a creep. Um, Absolutely wrong. Now, if she said she went to her command and the command wasn't about to bust his shit wide open, there's a problem. What I read through the articles is that she said to him, I'm going to go tell somebody because that wasn't right. He responded with, you're not about to ruin my career. Brought her in the arms room. There are zero cameras in the arms room. I guess she was bludgeoned with a hammer. So she was unrecognizable. He tried to fix some stuff. Couldn't do it. Called up his ex-wife. Said, hey, I need you to come down here and help me. They dismembered the body there, put it in some cases, took it off base to put it in concrete. For months, they were looking for her. She never came off the roll. She's going to be buried with full military honors. She was not AWOL. She was murdered, which is why that guy killed himself, because the rest of his life Mm -hmm. would have been at Fort Leavenworth. One, 
he made a bad decision and did something stupid. I'm not going to talk about his character as a soldier. I don't know. I, I only know these moments that were shared with the world. He made a bad decision. And then to cover up his bad decision, he made a worse decision. Then to cover up his worst decision, he made a worse decision. And he just made bad decision after bad decision after bad decision. Now a soldier is dead. He himself is dead. And his ex-wife is looking at prison. Federal prison. Where in there do you see a cover-up? Huh, yeah, I mean, that's... Sounds like some cut-and-dry shit. Sounds like something that actually happens outside in the, in the real world that can happen in the military. The military, these, these are not saints. These are not holier-than-thou people. These are just people. These are just sure. people. These are just people. And people, no matter how long you trade them, or what you want them to do, people make mistakes. Sometimes mistakes get people killed. People make bad choices. Sometimes that gets people killed. Drinking and driving is a is a is a is a, is a big thing in the military. That's never a good decision. It's never a good decision. People do it every day. I I don't think that there's this giant conspiracy going on. And as someone who could have been that soldier's leader, if she's missing for a little while, I'm gonna be like, hey, she didn't make it to PT today. Hey, she didn't show up. Hey, this, hey, that. We're going to go to her barracks room if she lives on base. And if she doesn't live on base, we're going to go to her house. We have to. I need to see you to see that you're okay. I don't see you. I go to your house and nobody's there. If I go to your house and no one opens the door, as a supervisor of a military soldier, I can go to your landlord and have them open the door just to do a wellness check on you. Wouldn't be no screaming and hollering. I'd just be like, well, what's up? <laughs> Do you need to talk about this? Do you want to go talk to family services? Do you want to go talk to somebody? Can we can we work this out so that you can come back to work? If I go to their barracks room and they're just in there like, playing Xbox and talking about offing themselves, I'm bringing somebody else in. I'm taking them somewhere else. I, I am going to make sure this soldier is combat ready. So there's 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 only so much you can do. So you go by the house, you go by the house during the day, you go by the house during the night to see if they come back, they're gone. Um, I think you have to give it a certain amount of time before you call their family, but you put them on the A-roll rolls and now if anybody stops them in the country, they go to jail and then they show back up at your base. Simple as that. So it's not like the military is like you're missing I'm going to walk away. No, you're missing. <laughs> you have a, a nationwide APB. You can't travel outside the country. Your passport is flagged. This is, this is not new stuff. This is, this is just how everything goes. Now, from the story I told you, which is a story I read about, none of that stuff would have helped. None of it. Okay. Fair enough. So like I said, that's that's kind of the, the inside scoop of the people that don't really know how it works. Because again, like you said, you had a good point where people assume the military people are just like all these great citizens as portrayed in movies and TV shows and are quirky and you know, oh yeah, you know, all that stuff. But like you said, they're regular people just like you and me. They just happen to do something different to make a living. So I, I do find that uh, interesting. So I'm, I'm curious to see how this, this plays out because they were saying they found more bodies, like more dead people when they were looking for her. Like that's 
that's also kind of crazy too that there seems like a lot's going on out there in, a, in texas a lot happens everywhere if you drained a local pond in your city right now there is an 80 percent chance you're going to find somebody's body at the bottom well and i think the the reason that there's more emphasis on this like you said people look at military folks as a cut above if that makes sense so they don't they don't understand like we're saying like you're telling us that hey these are normal people let the internet tell it let the memes tell it these guys are just the, the patriots of all patriots and all that stuff but it's one of those things where it kind of needs to be i guess normalized if that makes sense because i got i got some friends that are in everybody thinks that people that are in the military military or like all Call of Duty jumping out of planes and shooting people because that's what all the memes show and that's all the movies show. You know what I'm saying? Or just like they think all cops are shoot them up. All kind of like there's mad things you can do as a cop. Like not everybody's out in the streets. You know what I'm saying? Making drug busts and stuff like that. I think that's just what people don't understand. I, I guess you're right. I think that once you put that uniform on, you do sign away some of your rights as a human, as a as a as an American citizen, but you are still a human like and I, I think that does get lost on the on the general public you if you don't interact or know anybody in the military you just see them as a, a fighting force and no these are these are people with wants and needs and growths and families and all of that so yeah I, I think you're right we should put an emphasis on uh, trying to humanize our our, our, our war fighters we really should because they do way more than that. And just because every time we see them on the news, you're right. They're either jumping in to save somebody or uh, stop at some conflict or troops have been mobilized to go and do this. Yeah, no, these are, these are people. They had to kiss their kids goodbye that morning to go do whatever it is they had to do. Yes. These are, it's just normal people. Marcus, you got any thoughts? What's that? Um, that lake in Georgia, Lake what Lake Lanier or whatever it yep. is. Like how don't people go missing and die there like every like I feel like every month there's someone like saying there's someone missing down there. You drain that lake, there's probably fifty eleven bodies down there. Like that shit is crazy. I don't know why people go there. I mean like eh? I mean, it's probably like, hey, man, it ain't gonna happen to me. And uh, I mean, after yeah. like after like thirty, at some point you're gonna like, hey, it might be me. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of the thing with those Rona parties that are going on. I know you guys have seen the oh, videos of God. people in these fucking cesspools, lakes, just having a good old time. Like, uh, like the numbers aren't jumping everywhere you go. And shout out to Florida for having the biggest fucking <laughs> pile of egg on their face for talking all that cash money shit about Florida not going to turn to a hot spot. And I think I read yesterday they had 11,000 new cases in one day. Like, Record number of cases in one day. Let's let let me let me hit you with some numbers. Florida numbers. <laughs> dude, you, know, you know I'm a numbers facts dude. I'm a numbers facts dude. Ten million cases worldwide. America has two point five million of those cases. Twenty five percent. Four percent of the world population lives in America. Yeah, I heard that too. That so, doesn't make any sense. <laughs> that's like like you said earlier we're 10% of the American population and we got 80% of the jails on lock where is the disconnect 
because we can definitely find it in our prison systems. It's the over-policing of our neighborhoods and the more harsh crime, more harsh uh, punishments on nonviolent crimes um, if you're black. So where do you see the breakdown at, Marcus? Why do, why does America, why is America like, hold on, before I finish my question, uh, there was a list that came out in like early March and it was like America's way down at number 13 in in corona cases i said we're about to kick ass <laughs> hey america first baby we thought you were saying both right to the top <laughs> right to the top we're about to be number one and somebody was like what are you talking about i'm like america don't play we we need to win all the time but marcus where do you see the breakdown and why our numbers are terrible like literally terrible compared to the world I, honestly, I think uh, in America, we might have too much freedom. I feel like, I feel like, you know, they're in other countries, they're telling their people like, hey, you guys will not leave your house. If you leave your house, you will wear a mask. No questions asked. No ifs, ands, buts, none of that. In America, you suggest, just, su- just a suggestion of people having to wear a mask inside of a store for maybe five to 10 minutes is driving people crazy. They are knocking down like uh, groceries. They are fighting in the streets. They're fighting and pl- like some old white dude was fighting a Walmart greeter. Cause he was like, Hey man, you can't come in here without a mask. He's like, Oh, I can't, I can't breathe without a mask. I can't breathe with this thing on. I'm like, you all, you literally have to wear it for at most 15 minutes. It, it literally will not kill you, man. Like, you, they act like we're asking them to duct tape their mouth. We're not asking for that. Like, nurses, they wear these masks for 12, 24 hours a day, all day, every day. No question. That's even not during a pandemic. Just on a regular day, a nurse could wear that mask for 6, 12 hours. It doesn't matter. But you can't wear that mask just to walk down three aisles in Walmart. You might have some other problems with you if that's the case. Like, and that I think that's what it is. We have too many freedoms. <laughs> that's I'm, I'm going to agree with you. I think we have too many freedoms. There are still states who have no corona restrictions. Jesus. I mean, they're they're low they're low population states, but still, you're interacting with people. I'm more of a safe than sorry type. So, like, I'm not going to nobody's parties um, if you're not blood related. Um, I wear the mask everywhere. Uh, like, I don't, I don't need no problems. What, what do you have to gain? Right. Right. What are, what are, where, where is your win when you say, I'm not going to wear a mask and I'm sorry. You know, I hate dicing people up into little groups, but the white women videos they are out of control and i just you know the camera's on you see the camera i've seen white women cough in people's faces oh multiple times throw shit fight people um I, I did see a few get their ass beat, but did you see the, the white lady who, who just yelled out her husband's black so she can't be racist? Oh, she was I trying to cover her, her, her tag? Yeah. And screaming like crying, you're attacking me. I'm like, lady, we see what's going on. So, 
I, yeah, it's, you know what? Let me let me. Oh, I'm gonna clean up that statement because I know you saw that Mexican girl in her original statement. Her cleanup was ugly, but um, I'm gonna clean up that statement because all right, white women might be the focus on going crazy, but a lot of them, a lot of them are just fine, operating like normal people, like the rest of us, wearing their masks. Um, but the ones who have issues, that shit is jumping out. It's, it's just jumping out. They can't contain it no more. Yeah. I, what I propose the solution to this is tell them that they can't wear masks. Be like, hey, y'all can't wear masks. Well, wait a second. We're Americans. We're patriots. We should be able to wear a mask if we want. I will not be oppressed. I will wear a mask. America, yeah. like that, I, I feel like that would work. I feel like Americans, I feel they're, they're dumb enough for that to work. Just say, hey, you, you cannot you gotta, wear a mask, and they'll do, they'll do it. You got to reverse psychology, white women. I, I get, I, I, but, and, but and again, I've seen the white women who decided you can't make me wear, or you making me wear a mask, and then cut the hole out of it, like people wearing the mask and leaving their nose out, and I'm like. There's no yeah. point. Yeah. What, what are you but, doing? And, and no again, mask if your nose is exposed. It's like you're, you might as well just, just take it off then. Like you look stupid. <laughs> you want me to wear it? Well, wear it right. Jesus Christ. Honestly, yeah. and I I just watched the shit of the vaccine, and we'll probably be wearing masks well into 2021. Yeah. I, think, I think what they should have did if the if someone would have said at the beginning of this, like, hey guys. If we don't, you know, properly quarantine and social distance and wear our masks properly, we're not going to get football this year. <laughs> That's what they should have said at the very beginning. Because at this point, mm-hmm. we're not, we're not, we're getting, not getting football. College, college football ain't coming back. NFL ain't coming back this year. And you know what? We don't deserve it. We can't do basic shit. Like you can't get <laughs> away from somebody. You can't wear a mask when you go outside. You're, um, you're licking the door like no, you don't deserve. Yeah, that's the wildest one. Hold that on, is the no. Is that the white lady who was running at the door? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Crazy. What is that? Just talking about. I need my football back, but you won't wear a mask. No, we don't. We're America about to be on punishment because all these right. other countries are like, hey, if you're from America, you can't come over here. You ain't coming <laughs> over here to vacation and fuck our shit up. I know y'all got freedoms over there. Don't bring that over here. That is the wildest part about this to me. The rest of the world's like America. Mm-mm. Nah, no. Europe said America. You, you, the. I, I think South South American countries about to cut us off next. Mexico, Canada, Mexico. Canada about to cut us off too. <laughs> like y'all don't Mexico, listen. Mexico's like y'all, y'all can't come over here no more. <laughs> Mexico, like, hey, my mama said you can't come over. You don't take baths over there. <laughs> and and that's. It's 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 terrible. It's sad. And again, I and I, I'll call myself out. I said this on the podcast a couple, probably a couple episodes ago, and I said that hey, I wasn't wearing a mask when I went out. I was like, whatever. Part of the reason though was because I'm black, and where I was at the time, there was not a lot of black people, and I felt like I might get some unwanted attention in, in these areas. So I'm like, you know what? I feel like they need to see my face. So they don't get any uh, get any ideas. But then I was like, you know what? I walked it back because I'm pretty sure I had the Rona because I thought I was going to die. Like, I had to go. I went to the hospital. got tested. <laughs> like, I was like, look, this shit is not fun. It's, it's you not all right, game. bro? 
<laughs> oh, this yeah, I'm good. This is a couple months ago because I, okay. I had just I visited Seattle right right before they shut down everything, and that was like the hot spot for it. I was like, oh, they're shutting stuff down. I couldn't go see the space need. I'm like, oh, it is what it is. We wiped off stuff or whatever. But I came back probably about three or four days later. It was a wrap. But my point being is, I was like, you know what? It's not fair for me to say I'm not going to wear a mask because these places that I go that are there's people working. They don't have a choice. Right. And it's not and it's an, it's very selfish of me to not have humanity for these people that are, they have to still go to work. They don't know what I have. Like, even if I don't believe in it, I should at least have humanity for my fellow human being to make sure they don't get sick. Because I don't know who's at their house. They might have kids that are younger, immune deficient people or grandparents. So, again, most of these people, and I don't want to generalize, they fall into the same Venn diagram of the All Lives Matter people. So, if All Lives Matter, wear your mask. You don't know who you're going to get sick. Just because you're not going to get sick doesn't mean I'm not going to get 10 other people sick and one of them might die which is just one person. But when that one person is in your orbit, in your family, in your universe, now it's a big deal. And unfortunately, that's what it takes for some people to realize that this is a problem. You know, what's crazy is that I saw a tweet and I think it summed up the Rona perfectly. It said, we messed up by telling Americans that you're wearing masks for other people. Hmm. Americans don't give a fuck about other people. It's it, it, we've proven that over and over and over, which is why we even have the all lives matter, because honestly, they don't care about your play. If they win in, they good. And we can see that in our own community the most. Once somebody comes up, they good. They don't even want to be in your struggle no more. Uh, they operate in a different set of rules than you do. It just is what it is. It just is what it is. Yeah. And I mean, just to just to button it up, man, like wear your mask, wash your hands. I would like to travel. Like I enjoy going places. I would like to leave the country. I would like to be on a sandy beach somewhere, but because y'all know how to act, I gotta stay at the crib. So hey, wash hey, your hands. We got the US Virgin Islands, baby. You can go right down there. You don't even need a passport. Puerto Rico yeah, you know. open. You know, I got uh, my family actually from St. Thomas. Um, it, there's other islands I would like to go to. Let's put it like that. St. Thomas. Eh, it's cool, but it's just it's a bit overrated. That's a different conversation for a different day. But you you know the vibes. Uh, yeah, I feel you. But Americans can't agree fully on anything ever. Never. Like the only thing Americans even come close to agreement on is taxes. But. Even then, like, yeah, depending on how much you make, you're like, hey, you know what? These uh, tax cuts, uh, you know, they're not that bad. So, or I like his policies. Yeah, we we just uh, America's not going to come together. A leader needs to put some stuff in place so that mm. we don't go from a, a 10% mortality rate. Because right now, we don't even know if you can if you get it once, if you can get it again. Oh, you can. They, they do. You can. There's people that have tested positive, gotten well, and then tested positive again. And I also was reading that, and we'll see if this is true or not, but the future campaign slogan that Mr. 45 is going to use is going to be uh, live with it. Live oh with God. it. Live oh. with it. And there's going to be thousands of people with no mask right in each other's faces chanting it. 
it, it was funny. Uh, Herman Cain was at the, I think, the Tulsa rally. Mm -hmm. uh, he had a very short uh, run for president, I believe, uh, you know, without a mask around other people. And then I believe 12 hours or 12 days later, uh, his official Twitter account is like, uh, yes, Herman Cain is in the hospital. <laughs> uh, he has caught COVID-19. Keep him in your prayers. It's like, yo, this shit's not a game, dog. Like, And they're it, playing. They're playing. They're playing. Bruh, if you're in a, a stadium, <laughs> in a stadium full of people and you decided not to wear a mask, I hope you get it. Herman Cain is 74 years old. Playing with the wrong word. <laughs> playing with Miss Rona. What you like? That's the thing. It's these old people. Old people think they got the strongest immune system ever. They're like, oh, oh I, I'm good. good. I survived. I survived this long. I should be able to make it. I'm like, bro, you're the last person that should be out here just risking it all. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm wearing a mask for you, for your old ass, so you don't die. I, me, being, being, you know, somewhat young and being, you know, in shape and eating pretty good, like, I should be fine. But you old motherfuckers out here not wearing a mask, y'all are wilding out, man. Wilding out. And I need people to start taking it seriously because when this thing first started, I have yet to go to a Waffle House. And I miss that place. I miss it so bad. Get I haven't it been to go. I, I can't. And I was thinking about that, actually. I cannot eat Waffle House to go, man. I have to eat there. It's, it's, not, it's not horrible to go. It's, it's part of the experience, man. I need to be sitting in the diner. I need to see him cooking up the food. I need to see that dude with that cigarette hanging off his lip outside. Like, I need all of that. It, go, it makes the food better. I'm sorry. Like, that's that's where I'm at in my life. So if you guys can't wear your mask and you guys are still out here having parties, just know that you're killing me inside because I can't go to Waffle House. <laughs> oh, my God. Waffle House. Honestly, honestly, oh, I love hey, Waffle hey, House. Hey, hey, tread lightly. Tread lightly. Relax. I love Waffle House. Relax. Relax. I love Waffle House, but I can only eat it between two and four thirty. Oh, that's man. it. That's me right there. Look, two and four thirty. Look, I, I may or may not have purchased eighty dollars worth of Waffle House uh, waffle mix from WaffleHouse.com. It might be in my <laughs> pantry right now, and it might actually slap. It's actually <laughs> pretty damn good if you get it out. So I'm just saying. So their syrup but, is a little questionable. So I hope you guys. I, I you know not. I jazz it up. I got I got the glass bottle syrup. I'm not, okay. I'm not using a. Poverty syrup, like I'm my eyes up like that. So I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm sophisticated. I, I pour the syrup with my pinky up. But I will wrap this up with uh, for the people out there that you might be done with the Rona, but the Rona is not done. With this is a KTSC app. Follow us, like us, Mr. Lexi. As always, we appreciate your your uh, your presence. We out. Peace. Word.